You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good Thursday afternoon. Welcome into Grant and Danny. You are listening to The Fan. February 16th, 2023. Got a nice show planned for you today, including Jay Binkley, who covers the Chiefs in Kansas City, hosts their post-game show. We'll talk to him about Eric Bieniemy. Josh Kosman, who has the report that Dan Snyder might not be selling. He is... I would say an outlier in the reporting on Dan Snyder right uh-huh. now from the New York Post. It's fair to say. Essentially saying that it's not going well, that maybe that the number's below $6 billion, even though it's been reported to have come in at $6.3 billion in the first round. But he's talking to someone that is different than who everyone else is talking to, and we want to talk to him about that. And he's joining us at 5 today. What's up, Danny? What's up, bud? Yeah, a couple other data points that are interesting. Certain guys have dropped out that you know maybe once were, that it wasn't actually bidding in the first round. It was just indications of interest. There's plenty of stuff that he's saying that nobody else is. So uh, I think that's must listen. 5 o'clock, he'll be on the show. I've got a billion questions I've already written down for him, and I do think that'll be compelling radio. We'll talk the enemy here in a second because things are moving. Let me throw a little chum in the water for my guy tonight. This post-NFL vacuum that we find ourselves in, you and me, searching for meaningful sport. Let me throw a little College Park tonight at you. The number three team in the land. They were number one until a couple losses here this week to to rival Indiana and then Northwestern. Your Purdue Boilermakers in town with Player of the Year candidate Zach Eady against the Maryland Terrapins who are fighting for that NCAA tournament spot. 6.30 tip. So by the time you get home to your little residence, you could fire on the television middle of the first half or so, catch the rest of the game. I don't understand why that game's at 6.30. It's it's what we like to call bad planning. That this, game should be in prime time. That should be at yeah. 8.30, 8 o'clock. I, we do a uh, – we don't anymore. We did a few years ago. Me and a bunch of my buddies who like sport and being merry and fellowship mm-hmm. before we all you know had kids. Settled down and families. eliminated that. We would do this big event where we'd get like a chariots for hire – We'd get like a party bus, and we'd go to a couple of places. We'd eat, we'd drink, and we'd end up at a Maryland basketball game. We'd sit up as high as possible in in the rafters and and watch some random Big Ten game to be named later, like Yogi Ferrell or somebody playing. Well, Great Yogi Ferrell, Paul. He was one of the guys that I had on my fantasy team one year when when we got out of the limo and went to the game. But, uh, yeah, those late night, like, 9 o'clock starts, I want one of those for this game. So they're doing a – it's somebody in, in charge of the Big Ten. It's, this is one of those, tell me you don't understand the region <laughs> without not, without telling me. They think, yeah, that'll be reasonable. The game will be half full in terms of uh, you know non-student attendance. People just simply cannot get there at that point. I'm sure someone will join nationally without the understanding that that's a terrible time to start a game. It should start at 9, to your point, so that everybody can attend. But it's a big one. Terps need it, and they've actually held serve in the Big Ten at home. Kind of turn your attention a little bit towards that college basketball season. We're knocking on the March door, little March Madness action, and I know the Grant Paulson Kennel Club will be riding strong where you bet a fleet of underdogs and win a bunch of money in the NCAA tournament. All dogs. The Kennel Club. Go to heaven. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to the tournament. That'll be a good time for the show. That's still a month away. I'm also looking forward to this weekend, the D.C. Defenders. How about it? Here in the nation's capital. 
couple of uh, hundred feet from where we're sitting over at Audi Field, going to make their debut in the district for 2023. I'm going to be there. We're sending listeners there with tickets as well. We've got more tickets to give away today. I believe we've got four packs that we're giving away at 3 o'clock and at 4 o'clock on Grant and Danny. So make sure you're listening in one hour and in two hours at 3 and at 4. We'll be giving away a four-pack of tickets to go to the D.C. Defenders, the XFL opener. I'm hoping The Rock's going to be in the house. It is now his league. Yeah. At one point in time, Vince McMahon ran it. Now The Rock does. That's it. That's what we call an upgrade. What's the, the – like – is he going to come to some of these things? Like make surprise visits? You would think, right? Yes. Opening night, my expectation based on my sauces and their delicious, wonderful, mild buffalo wing sauces. Okay. Is that The Rock is going to be at Audi Field for the D.C. Defenders. Is he going to cut a promo? Home opener. Is he going to walk out on the field with a mic and do the, you know, Super Bowl, let's get ready to rumble thing? Finally. I doubt it. But I would say this. If The Rock is there, you need to make that part of the night. That man needs a microphone. And he needs to pause and look up to, to his right at like a night at a 45-degree angle. You need that. I need some of that. So I'll be over there Sunday night. If you're going, hit me up on the old Twitter, at Grant H. Paulson. In fact, how about this sports weekend for your pal? So as soon as we're done tonight, uh-huh. I'm getting home as fast as possible. I'm throwing some stuff into a bag. And then I'm driving to Raleigh. So that I'm ready tomorrow to do the show live from Carolina. Because your boy's going to be at the Caps and the Canes Stadium Series outdoor game on Saturday. So here's a here's a 48 hours for you. Caps, Canes, Saturday, 8 p.m. start time. Right? Okay, that's Saturday. Fast forward to Sunday morning. Get a little breakfast in me. Get on the road and get back here. You and I are going to be at Capital One Arena on Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. To introduce the Impractical Jokers on stage in front of thousands of people at Cap One Arena who are there for the Drive, Drive, Drive Tour. Indeed. One of our listeners, we gave this away last week, is going to do a meet and greet and be on stage with us and call up the guys from Impractical Jokers. Pretty incredible. So we're doing that, and uh-huh. then I'm leaving from there to go directly over to Audi Field for the Defenders game. We're doing a live broadcast and a bunch of stuff over there. Look at you. Look at you. There's a lot going on There's this a weekend. lot happening. And, and I told my wife, don't worry. As soon as the NFL season is over. It's going to slow down, hon. We'll have weekends back. <laughs> we'll be able to just hang out around the house. Just not this weekend. Maybe next weekend. I do want to tip my cap to the XFL, though. The USFL is following suit. They have gotten rid of the worst rule in football. Here we go. Yeah, I'm doing this. There's a few bad rules in the NFL that you and I talk about and harp on and one mm-hmm. gone. The other day, post-Super Bowl... You drilled one of them, I think, right in the face. And you should have, which is the automatic first down for the five-yard infraction, no matter how long the, the down and distance is. Third and 75. Illegal contact first down. It, make it make sense. It doesn't. Because the play would have gotten 75 yards, said the person that's never seen the sport. Now, the XFL has not fixed or changed that. Yep. Here is what they have fixed. When a player fumbles into and through the end zone, and the the ball is not recovered in the field of play, but goes out of bounds through the end zone. In the NFL, that's a touchback. For some reason that I'll never understand, the defense, who may have done nothing at all, by the way, oftentimes it's not that a ball is jarred loose. It's that a player is just reaching out or extending Mm -hmm. and loses possession of the football. The defense doesn't recover the ball. They get possession and a fifth of the football field in yardage. It's the most 
catastrophic turn of events, disproportionate response possible in the sport. A touchdown is negated or possession is negated, and then the other team is awarded a shocking bonus larger than any penalty. So keep in mind, uh, other than a pass interference penalty of an excess of 20 yards, the defense becomes the offense and is freely awarded 20 yards and possession of the football. There is nothing else like it in the sport, and it's always been out of whack. And what's incredible about it are the number of people that just sort of shrug their shoulders like it's not a problem with their palms to the sky and go, I don't know, it's not a big deal. Oh, my God, it's such a big deal. Like, you shouldn't be able to sleep tonight knowing that that's the rule in the NFL. I hate everything about it. I hate it. If you fumble at every single yard line, the rules should be the same. But for some reason, into the end zone, we do it differently. Not okay. But the XFL is here to save us because they have changed that rule and said, not up in here. Not up in here. There's some other things they're going to do rules-wise that I like. Coaches can challenge any play. Universal challenges. Now, you're not going to get to challenge as much as you want to. There are rules on how often you can challenge correctly. But rather than the ridiculous nuances to the process in the NFL where that's reviewable, but this isn't, and yeah, it'd be nice if you could challenge that, but you can't, and I know we got that wrong. I'm really sorry, but you know this play isn't reviewable. Well, that one guy blew his whistle, so time didn't happen. We call it universal challenges. Yeah, Coaches can review any play that they want to. Tell me why the NFL shouldn't be doing that tomorrow. I'll wait. Oh, here we go. That's the end of my explanation. Mm. That's the end of it. And I love this. I know that most of you will hate this. Danny, I'm assuming you hate this. Here we go. Uh, you know what? I think you're I think you're gonna be with me, actually. But someone in this room will hate it. I just don't know who. It might be Darius or Ryan. Instead of an onside kick to retain possession, fourth and fifteen play. One play, offense has the ball. They have to get 15 yards or else the other team takes over possession. Where's it from? I'd imagine it's the midfield. Just wherever it, it is. It doesn't yeah. matter. You can't score a touchdown, I don't think. It's like a, it's a one Either get or you don't. Exactly. Yeah. It's a one play for 15 yards. Instead of lining up and doing an onside kick, which the studies have shown, there's a lot of injuries and collisions. There's someone just a sitting duck trying to get the ball. There's someone flying and colliding into them. On top of that, it's... Very, very difficult with all the rules because of trying to make the game safer without the running starts and, and the, the contact now to, to blow players up. They're taking as much out of the onside kick as they can, and it's begot, just become so difficult to actually recover the kick. Because yeah, you have to announce, like, we're kicking it right over there. Exactly. These guys are over here. There's no running start. So here's here's here it is. Offense versus defense. We want to keep the football like an and one in basketball. Make it, take it style. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get 15 yards on this play. If you can't stop us, we get the ball again. I love that so much. What's great about football? Everything. Actual football plays are what's great about football. Offenses, defenses. More of that to help decide the outcome of the game. So you're in. Way less specialization. Again, I will throw my unwavering and undying support behind the next rogue league that comes up and tries to draw attention away from the NFL in the offseason that says, we ain't having kickers. We're having football players. You can't put your foot to the ball unless you're in for the previous three plays or something to eliminate the specialization of these kickers and these weird things that have nothing to do with the rest of football. Football's about linemen. It's about linebackers. It's about receivers and running backs, quarterbacks, safeties. The football plays 
We're just going to emphasize those. You ever seen Joey Sly with his shirt off? All ripped up and chiseled? He, he right? looks like a safety, this well, guy. He looks like a looks like a, a D3 safety. Like not, He doesn't look like an NFL player compared to those guys, those monsters, the 270-pound dudes that are running 4 fours. Joey Sly actually does look uh, like an NFL listen, he's player. He's a monster. He, he makes me look like a, I don't know, like a washed-up 43-year-old, which I am. He's regular, better than the regular populace. In the NFL, it ain't special. I'm just saying kickers don't need your hate and your shrapnel. It's not hate. They don't belong in that league. I guess that is pretty hateful. No kickers. Get rid of them. No punters, no kickers. I love you, Tress. See, here's what I'm t- I'm trying to just get a foot or two from people. I'm trying to take a few feet. And then you come along and th- because their fear is, oh, it's a slippery slope. Yep. And then you're like, give me the whole thing. I'm with the whole thing. We were playing a little good cop, bad cop, and you came in at the wrong time, and now I can't get this guy to now, now the, the witness crime. is like, I, I, I ain't dealing no, with that guy. I just lawyered up. I had him going. I'm like, so where were you? Just listen, I'm helping you. I'm helping you. Where were you? Your signature right like, here, it's not a confession per se. And they're like, okay, okay. And then you come storming in the door, and you go, you killed him, didn't you? You did it. I know you did it. Where is she? Okay. <laughs> You're going to be doing life. And then they go, lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. The what's what's my new league called? It's not USFL or XFL. The DRL. The the yeah the Danny Football League. The DFL. No kickers. The ball will be kicked, but it'll be kicked by football players. See what I'm saying? So we still have field goals. If you want to do it, if you're down Extra with it, points. Yeah, it's like Chad Ochocinco's kicking them. The the quarterback's kicking them. Like old school Sammy Baugh style. That's what I want. I want that. I'm not overly excited about your big idea. I was really hoping for that confession that I was working on. Listen, I don't think it's going to catch on, and I know no one's going to do it. We, we've decided we love kickers too much, which I don't understand. I love football. I love football players doing football player things. And then, and then there's this guy. You want those XFL tickets? DC Defenders opener got to be listening at 3 o'clock coming up in a little over 45 minutes on Grant and Danny. Today, 16th of February, 2023, Danny. Thursday, as we sit here this afternoon... In our Half Street Studios, happy Eric Bieniemy Day Die. to all who are celebrating. He is meeting with Rivera and the Marty Party. They had dinner last night, I was told, and then the interview today. I uh, was talking to someone with the organization last night who, based on everything they've heard, kind of felt like this thing was moving along swimmingly. Amazing. And that they would be surprised if Bieniemy was not hired. I sit here right now. And I know that these things can go sideways, and that's why you always see people hedge. But based on all of what I've heard, everything that that I have kind of been able to glean from my conversations with people, I'm like 85% sure Eric Bieniemy is going to be the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, and it's going to come together pretty quickly. Middle of the ring, I thought everything was going one way. I thought Stone Cold and I were all friends, and I thought everything was fine, and we were going to unite in some kind of way. Next thing you know, he kicked me in the stomach, and dropped the stunner on me. I never thought this would happen. I thought they were going to talk a big game and pretend they had a chance. That's what I thought throughout this whole process. That sort of turned once the Ravens made a hire. Once uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other teams that well, the Bucks that pulled just the hired an OC now. Yeah, I mean, it's a Who couple were one of, the, of the couple of teams that we said made more sense still than Washington. But to me, it turned about 48 hours ago, where I'm like, what, what, they're fooling themselves. Like th- this gross, disgusting pig monster is going to walk up to the homecoming queen and say, "Will you dance with me?" No, you're going to embarrass yourself. Here they're about to do it. Mea culpa. I was dead wrong about it. It turned Way to go. publicly 48 hours ago, but I wonder what Rivera knew two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, he has a really good relationship with Andy Reid. 
I just wonder when that first phone conversation went down mm-hmm. and what Andy said versus what Ron was telling him. Was it as simple as, hey, if you wait this thing out, I can get you, Eric. You know, he, he he's leaving. We've talked about it. He needs to go somewhere where he can run his own show. Will he be able to bring in a few assistants? Are you going to be able to let him do his thing? Because if the answer to those questions are yes, I can get you your guy. And that might have happened a couple weeks ago, and we just didn't know it. True. And Rivera was very patient and decided to go play some golf and get screamed at while he was uh, lollygagging in California. <laughs> and uh, he hit Eric Bieniemy in the hopper all along. He very possible. It. Man. But it, it, not a done deal because I still think for the Eagle to land, they're going to have to compromise on the staff, I really believe. There's some potential pitfalls. Everyone brings up money. I think for them to be talking to Biennemi and interviewing him... They must have gotten over that hurdle. They, Some pre-approval, right? They feel like yeah. the money's going to be there. Biennemi could have, maybe should have, in some people's eyes. I know Mike Jones, our buddy from USA Today, kind of said this would be a bad move for him. Don't leave Kansas City to come to this organization, going through a sale where they're going to get a new GM and a new head coach next year, and you might be out of a job. Well, obviously, Biennemi's not overly concerned about the ownership sale or Rivera in a lame duck type season if he's taking the interview. Those things aren't going to change after he sits down based on what they tell him. You either take the interview and you're interested, and you, you're flying to D.C. last night because you want to be the O.C., or you're not. I mean, think about it. He left the the parade and all the partying they're doing and the all joy. the high-fiving. Yeah. How many clubs were rented out for for Chiefs brass last night, right? Like that celebration, we remember from the Nats and the Caps. Oh yeah. It goes around town for 3, 4 days. He left all that to come interview here, which is awful for him. I know. Frankly. But he did that cuz he is interested in the gig, right? So the only thing I could see that ends this now or or ends up leading to this not working out, and I would say it's unlikely, is if Bienemy says, "Okay, and he slides the paper across the desk to Ron. Here are the four assistants I want to bring. Here are the three roles I need opened. Wide receivers, tight ends, oh, you know, O-line, whatever it is. Uh-huh. And Ron goes, I can give you this one and this one. I can't give you that one. Like, Matt Sko's not going anywhere. I'm keeping my O-line coach. They're going to have to come together on a staff, I think. Because Biennemi is not just you're, – you're not hiring Scott Turner again. You're not hiring a right. quarterback's coach. There's a guy with some cachet here. Yeah. This dude's coming over and leaving a really good situation. You better take care of him with his guys. And whoever he wants to bring is a package deal. So that part of the negotiation, I think, will be the toughest. And if they can compromise, I think they'll be introducing Eric Biennemi as their new coordinator. That's where I'm at on I get the sense that if we've gotten this far – and who and again, who knows, honestly. But I get the sense that they've gotten this far, just like the money component. I bet you that Ron and the Marty party is aware of that, right? That, hey, it might mean, and I'm not, I don't mean to pick on anybody, but it might mean we have to part with Drew Terrell. It might mean that we can't have, you know, the same uh, Randy Jordan who's been the running backs coach here forever. We we might not be able to do that anymore. You would think that some that they're probably aware of that, eyes wide open on this point, right? Definitely. I think Randy Jordan and Eric Bienemy have a relationship that pre-exists. So he could be one of the guys like he could be hold in. over. Yeah. Uh, maybe Matt Sko is... Example top of my head. And, yeah. and I'm just adding context based sure. on what I know. Right? So, uh, And I'm agreeing with you. Uh, I think if you're Rivera, you love your O-line coach, maybe he's the deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, we could do something with these guys. This guy's not going anywhere. He's, he's my guy that I'm keeping. 
they're just going to have to find a way to come together on some type of deal for who's in and who's out on the staff. And I think that could be the pitfall. But if they can, they might hit a home run with a hire that a lot of people didn't see coming. Do you guys think this is going to happen? Let's start there. 800-636-1067. BNME is interviewing with the team today as we speak. On the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, we're taking your calls. 800-636-1067. Do you think this goes down? And how might BNME's offense look different than the one that he's helped to coordinate in Kansas City under Andy Reid coming here with these weapons and this team? We'll dive into that as well on Grant and Danny. We have been discussing the possibility of Eric Bieniemy to the Commanders for the better part of a week. We've been speculating over the last few days ahead of today's interview about what might be, but they are meeting today. They had dinner last night. Is this actually going down? That is the question at 800-636-1067. Certainly feels like it. I mean, there are always pitfalls. Something could always change. It would appear to me, though, it doesn't seem like Bieniemy is overly concerned about the fact that the team is for sale. Because otherwise, why would he have prioritized them as an option? Something Adam Schefter said was the case a week ago. And why is he interviewing with them now? It also would appear that the commanders have the money to pay him. Don't waste his time. Fly him here. Talk to him. Spend hours whining and dining and interviewing him if you're about to lowball him. Can they agree on some of the other particulars like influence and power on philosophy offensively. Is Ron going to let him run his own show? You bring him in, you better. Are they going to let him bring his assistance? You know, those are the types of things maybe they're hammering out as we speak. Larry's in D.C. to get us started. You can call us at 800-636-1067. What's up, Larry? What's up, guys? What's up, man? Hey, buddy. I, I honestly think that it's a win-win for both sides because with the enemy, you get a chance to break away from that Patrick Mahomes stigma. And and now it is it saying that you have something more to do with it. And it's almost a Belichick Brady type of scenario. But I think also it helps Ron because now Ron's in a situation where he can more oversee and he knows he has a more veteran guy um in and be enemy and their real as his as his assistant. But also and be enemies thing Ron being sick, um, his mom, different things. Not just wish anything, but anything can happen. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a positive for him, too. It does seem like Rivera allows Del Rio plenty of autonomy Yeah, on his side of the building. Maybe Scott Turner was so inexperienced or young at it, or, or it was just it's in Ron's eyes, like that's Norv Turner's son. Kind of thing. Yeah, maybe it's more hands on. He Makes was more sense. willing to jump in and be involved and call him into the principal's office. That that was the perception on the outside. And one of the things that I had heard was occasionally, if they weren't running it up to Ron's standards or running as much as he'd like, he would give a reminder. <laughs> Let, let's do that. Yeah. And my point is, I don't want that to happen if Eric Bieniemy is the OC. But maybe it wouldn't, just because the cachet. This is a guy that comes over here with a resume, man. You, you kind of let him do what he wants to do. Yeah, there's, you know, you could have guys in the same job that have vastly different experience levels. Again, look no further than Del Rio. That's a former head coach who actually 
didn't perform that badly as a head coach, by the way. Like, not a joke, not a disaster, not a Jim Hazlitt-like head coach. They were pretty decent. If you look at Del Rio's resume, that's a guy who deserves to basically be able to run his own side of the building, right? Like, th- there should be some autonomy there. If you want a neophyte, you want the next genius who's 32 years old without the experience, maybe there's more hand-holding. There's nothing wrong with that. It just kind of is. The enemy to me would be the guy that goes... I got choices here. I'll just walk right back into the Super Bowl champion's office where my key card still works with my buddy Andy Reid, and we'll keep making beautiful music together unless you give me what I want here. And that includes you not bothering me about your outdated ways of thinking about offense, please and thank you. Washington has been a factory that has churned out offensive coordinators that have gone on to become good, young, play-calling head coaches on an assembly line. And you guys know who they are. We don't need to go through the whole list of all of them but this is a place that is known as having been kind of a breeding ground for a lot of smart young offensive minds during the Mike Shanahan era all those guys were already here though when is the last time they will have made a hire for a coordinator this big name this exciting this needle moving offensive or defensive where they went out and got a guy and you said wow that's a great Higher. The first name that comes to mind, also Kansas City related. When Joe Gibbs went and got Al Saunders, whether, whether that was right or not, I'm just saying that there was this mythos to the guy, right? Where his 700 page playbook, offensive genius, the great Joe Gibbs, who was an offensive mastermind in his own right, is going out to find somebody that he thinks is even better than he is. This is a huge deal. And, you know, mixed results, uh, to be sure, but that was probably the last celebrity. Offensive coordinator hire that jumped to mind for me. Was is there someone else that you're thinking of? No, not on the offensive side of the ball. I think they've had some huge name DCs. Like I think Del Rio as a hire when they made that because it was a successful head coach at one point yeah. in time. Uh, I, I know people will laugh at this now, but when Mike Shanahan came back and he hired Jim Hazlitt as his defensive coordinator, another guy who had been a head coach. That that is a big name, successful, long resume coordinator. I like the word you use, celebrity, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about it from the name value of a coordinator is sitting in the restaurant you're eating in a couple of tables over, do you know who that person is, right? If Rex Ryan is over there, if Marvin Lewis is over there as an offensive coordinator, it's very, very different than if it's Jonathan Gannon from the Philadelphia Eagles who just got the head coaching job with the Arizona Cardinals as an example. But yeah, they have done a pretty good job, I would say, on the defensive side of the ball bringing in guys with beefy resumes. You mentioned Marvin Lewis. That's another great one. Marvin Lewis is my answer for the last time that they made like this big of a celebrity hire at coordinator. And that was under Steve Spurrier. And you knew he was going to run everything on offense. He was going to call the plays and it was his show. Mm-hmm. But the huge concern when he was coming from college to the NFL that everyone had was he doesn't want to know anything about defense. He doesn't want to have anything to do with He's defense. He's not interested. You need almost like a co-head coach on defense, and it was a package deal where they were able to pay Marvin Lewis a ton of money to be that guy. Now, it didn't work in D.C. because Steve Spurrier didn't put in enough hours. I don't know how interested he was in it working. He wanted to run his offense from Florida here. He didn't want to run a, a version of it that could thrive in the NFL. Marvin Lewis was a huge success, though. But they've done okay with some of these guys. Yeah. Head coach types that are coordinators. And I know Biennemi's never been a head coach, but he is that caliber of a resume right. where you look at him and you go, man, oh, man, 17 coaching interviews, you know, five years or so with the, the top offense in the league as an OC. You know, the, these are the, the types of guys that become head coaches a few years ago. Mike in Alexandria is on Grant and Danny. Hey, Mike. 
Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, you know, if I'm Eric Bianami, it would be a good reason for me to come to Washington if they offer me the job, because I believe if a new owner, because of the NFL's racist hiring practices, if he gets offered a job as coordinator, when a new owner gets in charge, they might very well fire uh, Ron Rivera, and he could get elevated to head coach. Well, it's possible that, that he could get hired to head coach. Someone else suggested the idea that you should come here because they might be searching for a coach next year. And to that, I would say he'd probably have a better job being hired as the head coach in Washington if he was still the OC in Kansas City than if he was the OC of the staff that just got blown out. Because if a new owner comes in here and inherits this team, I don't see why, with an entire league's worth of people they could hire from to put their own fingerprints on this, they would just promote someone who was an assistant that was already in the building. If there's a new owner and a new GM coming in here, they're going to want to clean house from the business side uh-huh. to the football side. They're going to look at 30 years of results and more recently, a few years of results into this regime and, and all the iterations in the facility, and they're going to say, not anymore. And, and I think anyone who's got the cologne of this building on them, however good you are, you're going to pay for having been here. Yep. I saw that when Ron Rivera got here, frankly. There were some really good people, whether it was Eric Schaefer or Kyle Smith, that that did a good job at what they were asked to do for a long time. And because they were here under Bruce and Dan and and they weren't Ron Rivera's guys. Always the wrong way. You're out. Chris Cooley, within a few days, sitting down with Ron Rivera. He's on the radio broadcast. He's on the radio every day. He's in the facility watching film. And Ron Rivera basically says, you're not anymore. And he packs up his bags and, and heads out to Wyoming, right? So uh, it, it, if Eric Bieniemy is now a Ron Rivera guy when he gets here, if they fire Ron Rivera, I, I don't see Bieniemy getting that job. Might they interview him? Absolutely. But he could get the job just as easily if he was still with the Chiefs, I think, if they ended up firing Rivera. But that's a, we, we have heard that from so many people that they just are theorizing that that's the, that's the step. And I just, I don't know, maybe I'm weird or maybe we're weird that I just don't see it that way. At all. I see this as Eric Bannemi going, I'm going to use you as a one-year internship or, or skill development program to then go somewhere else and be a head coach. Not that like he's the sneaky head coach and waiting here thing. I, I just don't see it that way, but a lot of people seem to. When's the last time a head coach got fired and one of his coordinators got hired as the head coach? It's very, very rare. It just doesn't happen right. that often. And then you add in the element of a new owner. And what I mean by that is someone who's going to want everything to be now done in their image, not the last person's. And it makes it even less likely. So coming here, I think, is a great idea to get a head coaching job because I think if he succeeds and thrives, he'll get one next year. I just think it's more than likely not going to be in Washington. There is some speculation. I don't know if we can call it news or not, but I would say it's newsy on the Nationals and their sale. Uh, And it's not particularly good news for Nationals fans. We'll get to that next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. He has occasionally, not often, but he has known things we've asked him about. He just knows it cold. You're like, I didn't have that. 325 could be one of the great installments of Ryan Explains It All ever, in my opinion. Uh, At 3 o'clock, top of the hour, we're giving away tickets to the D.C. Defenders game. On Sunday at Audi Field, you got to be listening to get a four-pack to take your buddies. And at that time, at three, Jay Binkley, who is the post-game host for 
she, the Chiefs radio network, is going to join us to talk Eric Bieniemy. We got some Nats news to tend to, though, from the Washington Post. Chelsea James wrote the piece. Um, your headline is, after Ted Lerner's death, future of Nationals ownership remains uncertain. So that doesn't sound like tremendously newsworthy because it was uncertain before he passed, right? And for people that, that haven't been paying attention the last few days or that didn't hear this, unfortunately, yeah, Ted Lerner, who's the patriarch of, of the family, did pass away in his 90s. Uh, he was the majority owner who gave some of the power and the influence late years as he wasn't doing as well to his son, Mark. But he no longer with us now. Rest in peace. Uh, will, I guess, in his case, hopefully still see the team sold because he wanted the team sold. But that's a question. So in the story, um, reading now again from Chelsea James's story, Mark Lerner has been the managing principal owner and control person for the Nationals since the 2018 All-Star break when Ted Lerner handed those titles to his only son. Mark has been attending quarterly owners' meetings on behalf of the franchise for years now and has had his name on public statements for nearly half a decade. But behind the scenes, Ted's opinion continued to serve as the animating force, including, according to multiple people familiar with the family's thinking, the decision to explore a sale. As of Tuesday, it was unclear even to some within the organization whether Ted's widow, Annette, and her children would, will continue to push for a sale in accordance with his wishes. The learners already had plenty of reason to wonder if the time is right for a sale. In the 10 months since they announced they would explore that possibility, multiple interested parties signed the required non-disclosure agreements and perused the, fr uh, the franchise's finances, according to people familiar with the process. But by the end of the Nationals' dismal 2022 season, during which they traded superstar Juan Soto for a Hall of Young Players, in an indication of their intent to rebuild from the ground, few serious suitors emerged. So, a couple big pullouts from right there. Number one, oh yeah, everybody wants it. A, not that many people did, okay? At, at kind of at the end of that introductory process. Which I would say is in unison with what we saw with the Angels, where Artie yeah. Moreno tried to sell the Angels, and after a few months, and by the way, the report on Artie Moreno was he was going to sell by the start of spring training, which is here, uh, he completely took the team off the market. Now, his comment was, I have actually had this epiphany, and I still want to do this, and I have unfinished business. The epiphany was I didn't get the money I wanted. It certainly sounded more like that. So, yeah, that might be a real thing for baseball. You see these TV deals with, with um, the regional sports networks. Via Bally's, yeah. Kind of drying up as well. So the, there's some real turmoil. And then, you know, point two, the biggest one here, the, the, the big headliner, is this was kind of Ted's. According to this, this Ted was the was the guy that was driving the the organization to be sold among the family members. They're not really sure now if that's still the case. So I guess my two takeaways are number one, the line that I thought was fascinating was that his wishes were to sell the team, which means he wanted to sell the team. Uh huh. But as you just suggested, we don't know if anybody else wants to sell the team. I mean, Mark, from what I have been told, has been the most engaged. Yes. Of everyone in the family for been a that long, way for long some time. time. Yeah. But I don't, I don't even mean engaged in terms of running it. That's obvious. I mean engaged in terms of if everyone voted and said, do we want to sell this or not? My speculation, just based on the, the conversations I've had over the last few years, is Mark was the most interested. In fact, I was at Nats Park. I don't remember if I was with Ryan or Darius, but we were at Nats Park. We walked past Mark Lerner at one point. I told him I had just seen James Wood playing in the minor leagues at Fredericksburg. And he's like, oh, do you have any videos? And I'm like, actually, yes. And he's like looking at my just some random, you know, guy at Nats Park and Mark Lerner, and he's, like, looking at my phone to see James Wood's debut in Fredericksburg. Like, he's still a big, big fan of this team. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that was interesting in that was, obviously, this suggestion that 
you know, maybe they wouldn't want to sell. And the next sentence is they couldn't actually get what they wanted. So is it is it they don't want to sell because they want to run the Nationals and they want to win a World Series and they're happy being owners of a baseball team? Or is it that they think this thing's worth a dollar and they're getting 87 cents offers? Because those are two very different things to me. I think it, I think both could be true. In other words, like, it, it, let's say for the sake of argument, right? I'm still very interested in running the organization day to day. I miss it. I, I love the grind. I want to build another team. Here's $3 billion. I don't really care that much anymore. I've got money, right? Like, if the offers aren't there with, with what they think is worth, and this, this is what the learners have done to their credit in terms of business. They don't – they say it's this is the price. Well, how about that? Nope, there's no how about. That's the price. But the and answer flex. matters to me on, on why they wouldn't sell – because I think if you don't sell because you feel like you have unfinished business and you're going to do the Artie Moreno thing, then you're going to go spend and be active and be top 10 in payroll again. Yeah. But if you're not selling because you can't get what you want, but your interest is still the same as it's been the last couple of years as you've kind of sat out free agency, have been utterly uninvolved in player movement, that worries me a whole lot. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the point is we should be worried here. Well, I, I th- that's my big takeaway. That goes without saying. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't see a real path of, of clarity here. March fourteenth is a big date when we have a, a a court hearing about how much interest maybe the Nets might be getting back pay, but it's still a long way from clear. That latest from the Post and Chelsea Janes, Jay Binkley, Chiefs Radio Network pre and post host, joins us next. We'll ask him about Eric Bieniemy on Grant and Danny. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.